Welcome back to the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. My name is Jo, I am a registered dietitian and I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Today is a really good one. I am going to be getting into what you can do if you have been diagnosed with high cholesterol. And you know, there are lots of conditions out there where diet or what you eat does have some impact and high cholesterol is one of them. But the thing is, and I discussed this with my episode on PCOS a few episodes ago, the thing is, just because you've been diagnosed with high cholesterol, it doesn't mean that your eating disorder or disordered eating is any less important or it's any less relevant or that you should somehow put it in a second priority to this new diagnosis. Some people think that if they are diagnosed with high cholesterol that they just need to click their fingers and all of a sudden everything will be in place. They'll be able to eat quote-unquote healthfully, not have any cravings for high fat, high sugar foods and most certainly never binge again. Let me tell you, that is not what happens. It is not the case that once you are diagnosed with something like high cholesterol, that you just forget about your eating disorder. So I want you to remember this going into this episode, that you now have two diagnoses that we need to look at. We need to look at your high cholesterol, but on the very same level as that is your eating disorder. One is not more important than the other. Going to give my usual disclaimer. Please don't take any healthcare advice from this podcast. I know I'm talking about high cholesterol today, but this really is just for information and entertainment purposes only. It's not a substitute for medical advice from your doctor, your nurse, or your dietitian. Whether we're talking high cholesterol or some other condition, please always take the advice from your healthcare team. Because the thing is, I don't know you but they know you really well. On that note though, if you would like to work on a one-to-one basis with me where I'll be your dietitian, please don't hesitate to reach out. I have a link where you can book a free 15-minute introductory phone call into private coaching with me. And I come across people who are struggling with eating disorders and other conditions like high cholesterol, which we're talking about today, PCOS, trouble conceiving, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. So if you have any other medical condition along with your disordered eating, I am more than happy to work with you. So please don't hesitate. Spaces are filling up fast since I've started working again. So I think pretty soon I'm going to have a wait list. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm going to give you four things that I want you to consider. If you have been diagnosed with high cholesterol, and you have some kind of disordered eating, eating disorder, binge eating. Okay, the first thing that I need you to do is stop blaming yourself. Sure, high cholesterol can be caused by diet and lifestyle. I'm not denying that. But guess what? It can be caused by lots of other things too. If you are male, if you are a smoker, if you have a genetic predisposition to high cholesterol, you are more likely to be diagnosed with a high blood lipid, a high cholesterol. 
if you are older, and I'm not too, exactly too sure what the age cutoff is, but older people are more likely to have high cholesterol. You are also more likely to have it if your background is from a South Asian ethnicity. What is clear here is that there are lots of reasons beyond your control that may have caused your high cholesterol. We can't automatically put every case of high cholesterol down to diet and lifestyle. So I want you to make an active decision right here, right now, that you are going to stop blaming yourself for it. And you're going to stop blaming your lifestyle for it. And you're going to realize that you are a whole person. You are not just a blood cholesterol result. You are battling other things. You have some level of disordered eating. That's why you're listening to this podcast. So I want you to approach this with some serious self-compassion. Please don't say that it's your fault. And you might be saying things to yourself now like, oh, but if I just take a step back and don't blame myself, then I'm never going to change. No, that's not correct. You are more likely to change if you feel empowered to do so and not because you feel blamed, you feel ashamed, you feel guilty for your lifestyle choices. If you are somebody who identifies as being in a bigger body or carrying more weight than you think that you should or that your doctors have told you, well, then you may be very quick to blame yourself and blame your weight for this problem. Again, stop right now. Please don't blame yourself because people in smaller bodies get high cholesterol too. If you are feeling blamed for your high cholesterol by your doctor or your nurse, and you think that they are targeting you because of your weight, I invite you to ask them what advice would they give to one of their patients who was in a smaller body? What would they say to them? Would it be the same advice that they are giving you? Probably not. They're probably more likely to focus on adding things in or tweaking your lifestyle a little bit or taking medications or investigating if this is Uh, genetic high cholesterol. I just want you to ask that question because I want you to get the very best care and not to be blamed for your diagnosis. The second thing that I would like you to do is acknowledge what you are already doing really well. I know I might sound like a broken record. I do say this with many aspects of my podcast, but it is incredibly important to recognize that you are not starting from zero. I bet that if you look at your diet and your lifestyle, you are already doing some things really, really well. Take a look at your regular diet. So what you eat on a regular basis and look at it over the course of a week or a month. Don't fixate on one particular day. I bet that there is a pretty good variety of foods in there. I know that you're not just eating the same thing every day. And I'm sure that there are some components of that daily intake or the weekly or monthly intake that are heart promoting or would benefit your cholesterol. Foods that benefit cholesterol include things like nuts, fruit, fish, whole grains such as porridge. If you have some of those foods, and of course there are more, I will link a resource in the show notes where you can go and have a good exploration into this. But I bet if I asked you to reflect on what foods you eat over the the course of a week or a month, 
something tells me that many of them are going to be included in there. I could be wrong and if I am, that's okay. But I want you to realize that the diet that you're eating now, I bet has some positive attributes. So please don't think that you are starting from zero and have to do a complete diet overhaul. Let's look at what aspects that are really promoting for heart health and build from there. And even unrelated to food, if you abstain from smoking, well done, that is going to promote your heart health. So please continue to abstain. If you drink alcohol within the recommended weekly limits, well done, that is going to be heart promoting. So continue that as much as possible. If you are in an able body and you are able to get outside a couple of times a week or once a day for some movement such as a walk, brilliant. You are going to promote your heart health that way. And you may be worrying now, yeah, but I'm not doing enough. That's okay. Try not to look at it on a day-to-day basis. Look at it over the course of the week. Do you know what the recommended exercise levels are? And I'll use the UK recommendations here. So of course, this could be different, whatever country that you're in. In the UK, the recommended activity levels for the general population is 150 minutes of moderate level intensity exercise a week. Moderate level means that If you are, say, walking, that when you walk, you feel a little bit warm. So you may have to unzip your jacket or take off your scarf. It doesn't mean that you are walking at such an intensity that you feel out of breath. So 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity a week. And if it is something like walking, then also a couple of sessions of some kind of resistance training a week as well. And that can be as simple as yoga or lifting children. Again, I will leave a link in the show notes with the exact UK recommended guidelines for physical activity. It does break it down further then into vigorous activity if you don't wish to do moderate level. But at this point, many people actually feel that that is quite achievable. 150 minutes of moderate level activity a week. That's about 30 minute walk five days a week. Don't skip this step. I really want you to acknowledge what positives you are already doing. The third thing that I would like you to do if you've been diagnosed with high cholesterol is consider adding in foods rather than taking anything away. So remember, I asked you to look at what your intake of food is over the course of the week or the month. Why not keep that exactly how it is, but instead of taking anything away from it, let's add some stuff in. Let's look at where your intake is a little bit out of balance. And I don't mean out of balance as in out of calorie balance or that you are taking in too many calories. No, I don't mean that. I mean, let's just look at the food groups that you're having. So remember the core food groups, carbohydrate, fruit and veg, high protein foods like meat, fish, eggs, or a vegetarian or a vegan substitute if you follow either of those diets. Let's do a little check and just make sure that you are having those food groups at every meal or at almost every meal. So if you've noticed that at your main meal lately, you just haven't been 
doing a vegetable with those meals, you've just been having a carbohydrate and a protein. Would it be something to consider that you could try adding a small portion of vegetables at that meal? And no pressure if this is too much for you right now. Just even consider doing it for one meal. Remember, you don't have to take anything away from the meal. It's just about adding something in. Or maybe you haven't been having snacks lately and you've noticed that you have been extra hungry when your meals roll around. Maybe you could add in a snack of crackers and almond butter. Even though you have high cholesterol, it is still incredibly important that you don't feel deprived. And when you approach changing your diet by taking stuff away and cutting foods out, you are more likely to feel deprived. So instead of telling yourself you need to cut out a load of things, tell yourself that you don't need to change anything. You just need to add in a couple of things here and there. And finally, the fourth thing that I would like you to do is to consider taking medication if your doctor has advised it. I know that it's very tempting to push away medication and say, no, I want to try and sort it with diet first. And I completely understand that. But if your high cholesterol persists and your doctor does recommend medication, such as a statin, then please consider taking it. Statins can get a bad rep, unfortunately, but they are very safe medications. And considering you have lots of foodie issues going on with your disordered eating, it might just be an idea to manage the high cholesterol with a statin while you are figuring out the eating disorder. I want to acknowledge that this is a really tricky area and it's impossible for me to get into the complexities of high cholesterol when you are struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating. I'm not going to try and cover it all in one podcast. So I will leave some really good resources in the show notes, but I would always encourage you to have a discussion with your doctor or your nurse and don't be afraid to tell them that you do have a disordered eating or an eating disorder. And so it's not appropriate for you right now to be given a restrictive meal plan. As you can probably tell, I do have lots more to say on this topic. So if you are somebody who is struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating and you've just been diagnosed with high cholesterol, why not consider one-to-one support with me? I can assure you that my approach to reducing high cholesterol has nothing to do with restrictive diet plans. All right, I am going to leave you there, but thank you so much for listening. And if you ever have a topic that you would like me to cover on the podcast, then please reach out. You can email me, joe at antidietanswers.com, or you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at binge.eating.dietitian. I can't answer individualized queries over the podcast, but I can definitely broach the topic in a generalized capacity. I am more than happy to help. So if there is something on your mind, don't hesitate. Drop me a line today. All right, I will see you in the next episode. Until then, take care of yourself. Mm